Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. We are here in our fourth and final episode of our special mini-series on another CBS reality uh, legend, Kid Nation. Weirdly enough, we started this pod, and then this uh, this uh, knowledge of this show started to kind of proliferate. Well, there's been some prominent YouTubers who have done Kid Nation series, and we like to think that we're the cause of it. So thanks. <laughs> You're welcome, world, for reminding you about Kid Nation. Uh, we've been going through this series, which you can find on YouTube. It's a wild one. And then after that, we will resume momentarily with our Survivor rewatch coverage. But this special miniseries has been ran by friend of the show, Adam, and he will continue to bring us across the finish line of this weird, horrible, problematic experience. Uh, so, Adam, take it away. Thank you, Alex. So, uh, like Alex said, we are actually on the last episode of uh, the, the Kid Nation rewatch means we're going to talk about the final three episodes 11 12 and 13 uh, for those of you who don't know kid nation was a 2007 nbc hit reality game show whoa, whoa, whoa. yes man cbs cbs sorry do not <laughs> slander nbc I'm not gonna with do NBC association like that. <laughs> sorry cbs uh hit reality game show lasted a grand total of 13 episodes one season and the premise of the show is that 40 kids are dropped in the middle of Bonanza City, New Mexico, which is a ghost town, but in reality is a movie set. And uh, they're kind of told to survive. But then there are uh, these showdowns. There are these town halls. There is the class structure that is imposed upon them, whereby people are upper merchants cook and labor class and then they're paid depending on how high up that ladder they are and uh every week they give away a two and a half pound gold star worth its weight in gold twenty thousand dollars which at one point i did look up to see how much it was worth today and i don't remember off the top of my head something like 30 almost thirty thousand. yeah it's more definitely for sure more but I am not analyzing this alone because I might go insane if I was. So uh, we're going to introduce you guys to the hosts. They are my co-hosts. Uh, and we're going to start with Emily, who's so excited to go first. And uh, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah. Well, you, you make me. We live together. So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> Emily, uh, this is the final episode. What are you most proud of these kids accomplishing in Bonanza? Man, I don't have a good answer for this. Um, that they survived. <laughs> that nobody got any serious bodily harm. That they managed to make food for themselves. Yeah. Because <laughs> that first week was really rough. Was rough. Uh, those are some highlights for me. Some good highlights. They really did. I mean, as horrible as this <laughs> premise was, the kids really did pull together. They managed to make it. Yeah. Uh, Jen, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Glad to be what here. What are you most proud of these kids for accomplishing at yeah. the end of this? Yeah, my first thought was staying alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, then I tried to dig a little deeper and just settled on staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I love it. I think I think that is a noble accomplishment on their part for sure. Uh, Scott, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. What are you most proud of these kids for accomplishing? Um, it's kind of hard to narrow down one thing. Um, but like, there's, I would say, just like the coming together. Um, so the kids are kind of from all different walks of life and different areas of the country, and the fact that they were able to, you know right or wrong should they have even been there they still kind of made it work so i think just in general just maybe not one thing but there's little bits throughout each episode that kind of i don't know it's good to see and there's some heartwarming stuff so overall i'm proud of them for not dying and making it work out (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you've already heard his voice but alex welcome to the pod hey thanks what are you most proud of these kids? I, from minute one of this show on our podcast, um, I sung the praises of, of Sophia, and I'm going to bookend this pod in the same way. The way that Sophia uh, answered what my call has been for a number of episodes now, and that's to bring some law and order to this town. <laughs> in this final arc, Sheriff Sophia, we stand. Um, I'm just proud of Sophia and and with, you know, her spoilers, winning one of those $50,000 gold stars at the end, well-deserved. She really was the glue that held this whole town together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I mean, I'm Adam. I'll introduce myself again. I I think I would echo what everyone else has said. They managed to survive. There are a few moments where, hey, I mean, like some kids came through and they were like, let's stop arguing. But which was cool, I guess. I want to focus on something positive at the end of this before we dive into the last three episodes here, because it will take a dark turn, um, as this show tends to do. So we are talking about episodes 11, 12, and 13. Uh, episode 11 is titled, I Just Like the Recess Part. I uh, subtitled it Michael's 15th Birthday, because day 34, the last uh, day in that episode, is actually Michael's 15th birthday. Happy birthday, so, Michael. Yeah, way to go, Michael. You made it. Hmm. Um, in this episode, uh, the journal suggests that they should learn history because the pioneers didn't learn history back in 18-whatever that the journal's from. They didn't learn history, <laughs> which I love that premise. They <laughs> um, they learn history. The town uh, divvies up in their districts, and they learn the history of Bonanza, which was... I mean, it has to be made up, right? Because it's not a real place. <laughs> so, so it just filled their kid, the, these kids' heads with useless information. Bonanza's not a real town. I don't think it is. I, I know at least the town that they're in is a a movie set. I don't know if Bonanza is a real town or not. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a TV show called Bonanza. Is that based <laughs> on a real town? I, maybe it was based off of this town. I genuinely don't know. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> um... So uh, the kids study. There's definitely some conflict there with Taylor not wanting to study because uh, school is lame. Um, she doesn't which, like to read. Which yeah, she doesn't like to read. Which is just a universal truth. I mean, school is lame. There's no use for it at no all. Um, the showdown involves them popping balloons, and then this other weird metric that determines if they get the reward or not. Uh, where they win in an arcade. Filled with games such as Dance Dance Supernova, the classic arcade game. 
love me some Deus Sans Supernova. Were any um, of you guys, did you guys ever get into DDR? No. No. Yeah, I had the PS1 like pads. Like nice. I played at home. Did you say you did? I did. I, it was a late bloomer there. I did it in, I think, early high school. Which is far too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, it was definitely like, I saved up my money, bought the mats, mm-hmm. played like three times, and then realized, waste of money. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carry on. Just wanted to pose that. Uh, I, Hunter wins a gold star, no one goes home. The arcade causes problems. Sophia gets nominated as sheriff. It's a great episode. Highly recommend. If you're only going to watch one episode, uh, don't. Just don't. Um, episode 12, Where's Bonanza, Dude? Which is, again, great title. Uh, the <laughs> Sophia's been named the uh, uh, sheriff. The sheriff. Thank you. Oh, I already forgot the term. Uh, the, town, the town council heads over the mountains to visit with a mysterious visitor. People who were on the land before them who they can't figure out who it could possibly be. And everyone at home is going Native Americans, bro. Um, <laughs> where we learn so much about Native American culture. We learn that they have myths. It's about it. It's about <laughs> the extent of what we learn. <laughs> Yikes. Um, where uh, Sophia is put in charge of the town while they're gone. And everything seems to run pretty smoothly, actually. Uh, the showdown involves uh, the it, it's a play on the Homestead Act where they have to move a building uh, across a field along with uh, some animals, chickens, a llama, alpaca, something like that, on their flag. Who said that the alpaca was a cross between a <laughs> sheep and a giraffe? <laughs> I think. I was think. Sophia? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, was it was with, one of the older girls for sure. Yeah, I've never um, thought it was an alpaca. <laughs> it was a grumpy old alpaca. Yeah. It was a grumpy old. alpaca. I've never thought of an alpaca on those terms, but honestly, it's an astute assumption. (laughs) It is kind of halfway between a sheep and a giraffe. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The kids win. They get to uh, choose. Well, Sophia gets to choose between um, having a Kid Nation monument put up in the town, I guess. I don't fully understand where it was going. Um. It's not like anybody goes to this town uh, or a hot air balloon ride so they can see the uh, see the town from above, which they obviously choose because the monument was. I don't know why anyone would choose it. Uh, again, no exit to the town hall. Little Alex, our nine year old uh, genius, wins the gold star and uh, the arcade gets shut down for good because it has caused nothing but trouble and was a mistake. Uh, and then finally, episode 13, we've all decided to go mad. Uh, there is the job. So <laughs> this episode starts with Mike, like, I can't sleep. And he's wandering around town and he runs up and there's the job board. Right. On fire. Right. <laughs> uh, and he stands there for a while and then goes and gets everybody where they try to put it out, but definitely don't. And ultimately just kind of burns down. And then Jonathan comes out and is like, hey, you remember that random fire you stumbled across? Yeah, we did that. Don't worry about it. (laughs) 
Remember uh, how we woke no you up rules. and told you to come look at this thing? Yeah, it's because yeah. it's because we did it. Because we did it, <laughs> and then they burn they burn the journal. <laughs> that was actually really funny because they're all standing in front of this burnt down board. There's still a little bit of fire going. Yeah. And who was it? Um, Mallory. He's like, and you know, the journal and Mallory out of nowhere. She's just like, burn it. He's one of the young kids for sure. Yeah. And then Jonathan's like, okay. And he just throws he it in there. I was like, that's not how we make decisions here. But all right, I guess that's really just showing where we are. It actually is season. how they make decisions. Well, usually they have the leaders. Oh, and they like, figure out who's in favor. Jonathan was just like, let's just rage. I don't know. <laughs> um. After they find out that there basically are no more rules, uh, this is again this is day thirty eight. So it's not like this is day forty. No, it's it's day thirty eight. So there are basically no more rules. The town riot ensues where they ransack the uh, dry goods store and the um, the saloon. Uh, everyone just taking whatever they can. And I mean, they took everything, uh, which leaves a couple kids particularly upset. Uh, DK and Zach being the bigger two. Uh, and the day after, they organized to actually clean up the town after the riot, which I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. Um, Zach gets the last $20,000 gold star. Uh, there's a lot of drama with Emily wanting to sleep with the chickens who have been brought into the yellow girl's bunk. Yep. Again, a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then day 40, uh, the they reveal that there are three $50,000 gold stars. There is sort of a showdown in order to actually get the opportunity to give away those gold stars. Uh, we were never told how much they weigh, but I assume they're worth their weight in gold, Probably. at least. Um, yeah. uh, but they're, it's a challenge in three parts. They have one hour to uh, make and cook pasta and sauce. Um, which, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, build picnic tables, and then they have to move all the garbage and bury it outside of town. There's a lot to talk about with the pasta situation. Yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah, we're gonna come to that pasta situation. <laughs> um, after they successfully do it, they uh, the parents come to town. Which this is our pseudo parent visit. It's actually it's the last day of camp, is what it is. Yeah, it's it's like it's I when the parents come over the ridge and start walking in town, it feels like if anyone's been to camp, like the last day of camp, when all the parents come in and they see how they've been living and this and the other, except instead of, uh, you know, the kids spending the morning cleaning the campground. So it looks nice when the parents show up, uh, nothing happened. The place is a pigsty. Um, Jared at one point teaches his dad how to do a bonanza bomb which is uh an irish car bomb <laughs> with soda <laughs> and his dad is fine with it um, i don't know uh and then the town uh council gives away they have dinner or lunch or whatever it is the town council gives away three fifty thousand dollar gold stars to sophia morgan and migle who really came into her own in these last three episodes and then they go home tearfully saying goodbye because they've surely developed Stockholm syndrome at this point and think it's all natural and okay. (laughs) It's over, you guys. I can't believe it. I'm (laughs) just like, it's so sad, you know, because we're never going to see all these people again. (laughs) 
I feel like a better person for having done this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's let's start off. Let's start with the end, because I, I think that that's that's probably the place where I, I'm most interested in hearing opinions. Um, I guess. How did we feel about the ending? And I'm going to I'm going to turn it to Emily because she's already expressed some opinions about this to me. And I, I think. Yeah, we've chatted about this. I wonder what you all think, but. I just felt like it was very anticlimactic. Like, I don't really know what I expected, but it did mm-hmm. feel like three people got the bigger gold stars. And then Jonathan was like, okay, so it's, you know, say goodbye. You're never going to see each other again. And then it ended. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. obviously, it's not a competition and shouldn't be, but would we it have was just felt weird. better? If there was like a big winner? No. Okay. That's the worst. <laughs> But I think they just had all these like aspirational <laughs> comments throughout the show of like kids really can create a town and you know govern themselves. And I guess they still continued that theme, but I didn't like feel good about it and I didn't feel like, yeah, they totally did. <laughs> I don't know. What does everyone else think? <laughs> no, I felt the same way. Like this was a thing I was wondering about for a while is like, yeah, how do you end this show without it feeling like it did, you know, like it most reality TV shows, yeah, there's like a winner or like if it's a group thing like this, you complete the thing or you don't. And like, I don't know. I wish that like I said this to Jen when we were watching it at the end. I'm like, I wish they did some sort of survey of like what the the kids accomplished, either like visually or like having kids talk about it more instead of like, you know, just like these back to back to back platitudes from these kids where they're like, we showed the world that we, we can fend for ourselves and we, there is a bright future for the world and stuff. It's like, but like how, you know, like what, right. But if they would have been like, like, look, you know, maybe even like Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Karsh, the man himself leads the kids (laughs) through like a retrospective of like, guys, like this is what this looked like when you started or like, remember when, you know, like this was in disorder in this way, or like, look at these hard decisions you had to make. I feel like that would have felt more fulfilling. I think this is what was ultimately wrong with the show itself. And I think I kept saying this the whole time was like, so wait, what's the point of this? And I think, yeah, like the ending kind of amplified that, that there was really no, vision in my opinion it was yeah that's where it becomes just more of like a experiment mm-hmm. with children which is why it's so wrong and i think like right or wrong i'll maybe think about this i'm just saying this off the cuff but like maybe i would have felt differently if there would have been more of an objective for the children to do throughout the time than just it being an experiment and I think the ending made me feel just as bad as the other 12 episodes or whatever. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I think that, um, I think I, 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 so Alex, I think you raise a really interesting point, but I think to kind of jump off Jen's thought there a little bit for me personally, it kind of seems like there wasn't anything to kind of, do a retrospective on yeah like the kids didn't do anything themselves really like every like the class system was set up 
uh, by the producers of the show. The kids were like the, the few decisions they were allowed to make was basically like when the town council found all that money and were allowed to do with it what they want, mm-hmm. deal it out to everybody or buy something for the town. That's, you know, beyond that, it's basically just them choosing rewards. And it was always like, here's a super useful thing. And here is something that's really not useful at all. And so we're, if we were to like pat, you know, it, it, it I'm going to say if we were to pat the kids on the back as if we should not pat the kids on the back, but um, if we were to like pat the kids on the back at the end of that show and be like, Hey, look at all that they did. And then show this kind of really disingenuous look at the town of like, they've done a lot. Yeah. I don't think that would make me feel better in any way. That's fair. I think it would just, I think in a lot of ways it would amplify the, the fact that we just watched 13 episodes of a, of, of a kid drama where we were, we were led in the direction of, you know, villainizing and making heroes out of these kids with no adult supervision. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Scott, I, you, you've been kind of silent through all this. Like, I, I guess, yeah. do, you, do you have any thoughts about the ending or? Yeah, I, I basically, have nothing really to add to what has already been said, but that was kind of my thoughts is like the whole time we're not really building towards anything. Like they showed up, the town is already constructed. Not that you're going to expect a bunch of kids to build a town, but like literally build the town. But, and basically, yeah, it was like the whole time they just kind of were led through challenges and, you know, outside of doing day-to-day life. Yeah. They didn't really, they weren't forced to do, too much hard decisions on their own. So yeah, at the end, it's kind of like, what did we do <laughs> beyond just like survive and get along with each other and, you know, stuff like that. I do think there could have been some sort of dramatic video montage of moments yeah. that would have been touching for the kids to see mm-hmm. um, and for the audience to like, Oh, when Jimmy went home and oh yeah, Emily and the chickens. And <laughs> remember when Colton <laughs> charged the bulls? You know, mm-hmm. so there yeah. would have been some good moments there where you would have at least left the show like huh, huh you know, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you. I mean, you would have felt you would have left the show feeling like the kids were like good kids, but in a weird situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like most of like the good stuff for me is kind of like on a personal level with like you see like some development out of the kids throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. and you see like some good moments from the kids throughout the whole thing, and that's where a lot of like the good for me comes from it. Um, Because you see the managing situations, they're like on their own and like interpersonal stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, as far as like in the whole context of like the whole town, you don't really see that that build throughout the whole season. Yeah, well, and we even see like some kids. So we talked about this. I I think episode one of our mini series of this. about how the show was kind of pitched in this lost-esque way of there are these people living in this isolated area and we're going to like kind of each episode have these different story arcs 
are going to kind of follow along for 13 episodes. But there are like kids that we've completely forgotten about. I mean, like Emily kept asking on the last episode, the episode before that, before the last one um, about Devad, who was the mm. girl who she, she made fried potatoes and would like try to sell them or give them away or something and was constantly nominating herself to be uh, the gold star. And ultimately that storyline builds to nothing and we're just kind of left to forget about it. Not unlike Lost in some ways. <laughs> Not unlike Lost. <laughs> I guess we'll give him that. Uh, but then like in her place, we get Migle, who like is a really cool addition to like the final couple episodes here. But you kind of you don't get that feeling of like growth. Like yeah. you, you don't have any like this is who she was in episode one and this is who she's become. And that's really cool. And like I, I think there's like again, show shouldn't happen, but I, I think the show would have felt more valuable if you could have actually watched more of the kids like grow and change. That's and a great like, point. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like, I mean, it's reality TV, right? So like, you can influence a story in that way, right? Like, it, yeah. it's not going to be that every single kid that goes on the show is going to like leave a changed person, right? But you can like, in broad strokes, paint like I don't know. Alex was like, it didn't feel useful because he is not strong or big like the other kids. But by the end of it, he realizes that his intelligence is important and he can be proud of himself for that or something. Right. Like, but there was almost none of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Okay. Uh. So final episode. Uh. The kids riot. Zach and DK. First of all, Zach is like a full blown adult at ten years old. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> that kid is more mature than I was a year ago. Like I, <laughs> I might be more mature than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> um. And and DK who. Uh, they've both been really bought into the town and they, they seeing them particularly upset about the riot, I think was good. Like I, if we had just seen that riot and then nothing come of it, like the kids just riot, like it would have felt like this weird regression of not there was a big development, but you know, mm-hmm. it would have felt, it would have felt regressive, I guess. It's just all leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess not thinking about the ending anymore. Uh, and we'll talk about the showdown for the last episode in particular. Uh, so basically day 38 and 39, the riot, uh, the cleanup for the riot and the drama with Emily um, and Zach winning the gold star. <laughs> how, let's, and we'll talk about the parents too. I guess, how did we feel about this? Like, were we, were, was anyone shocked at like, how normal the parents kind of felt everything was or uh were there any like standout moments with the parents like i I brought up the jared thing i think there were a few others that i've written down but that i guess does anyone have like a standout moment in the last episode that was just like there was one i forget whose parent it was but like the kid was showing their parents like their bunk or something and like it was their dad and the dad's eyes got like super huge like what the <laughs> heck kind of thing i forget anybody yeah. else see that i think it was, it was morgan, morgan. Yeah. yeah and morgan's dad was like holy holy cow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, were, you were doing this 
Like that was the big thing that I saw in that whole sequence. Yeah, I feel like my thoughts on it was that like they didn't show a lot of the parent reactions because that's when the parents realized that they needed to sue. <laughs> and so I think there were probably like a lot of angry parents at that point of like seeing the working con- like or, like the living conditions and their kids being like, "Yeah, we didn't have food for a while. We just had one toilet for five days." <laughs> you know, or like they just gave us this weird powdery stuff to brush our teeth until we want it. <laughs> Did they win toothpaste? I think, yeah, I think they want okay, to yeah. toothbrushes. They saying. at least want toothbrushes, I guess. Yeah, so, I don't know. I kind of was like, I wanted to see more from the parents because I kind of wanted to see more like, wait, what? <laughs> do we think that would have changed how we felt about the ending, Jen? Like, do you feel like if there was some kind of outrage from the parents that would have made any of us feel more okay, I guess? Like, it just makes me more concerned that these if these parents are okay with what happened. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Right. I'm already concerned that they sent their kids there. <laughs> and then it made me more concerned that Morgan's dad didn't know what he was sending his daughter to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're not going to show that to us. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I think showing some outrage would have reinforced in my mind how I already felt <laughs> about the show. Yeah. No way that you include that in a show, though, right? Like, oh no, especially no now, now with the criticism they were already receiving. Yeah, you don't, you, you don't put that in there for sure. I just like uh, the camp counselor and me was just like watching, like the parents come in, and like my honest first thought was like the bunks aren't ready. Like this is going to be uh-huh. bad. Like this is not. You do not let the parents see how the kids have been living for the last week. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a great point. Like when the parents show up, the bunk is supposed to look untouched. Like, dude. Okay, I have a theory at, about the um the phone calls. Okay. What? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> do you want to share your theory, Jen? That no, you no, were no. Nothing to me. No. Okay. <laughs> This is my new theory on the phone calls is that the the parents never actually went home, that they stayed in like a hotel in New Mexico nearby the whole time. And when their kids won the gold star, they like took them to a set which looked like a house. And they called the set. Because also, you know, like the parents are there at the end, right? And also, like, what if a kid goes home? Do they send him on a plane by himself to fly back home? That's what Jimmy said. Yeah. Jimmy I was going to say, said, you, did you listen to the interview with Jimmy? John Tron. <laughs> I thought he said that they, that. He went and stayed in a hotel oh, for you're a night, right. and then he flew yeah, back he, home. He stayed in a hotel. Mm. Okay, well, maybe not then. I just can't figure out the telephone call thing. That's freak. Like my, I can't figure it out. My theory from the beginning has been that they decided the night before, but even so or like days before it has to be days before, but even then that's like annoying and stupid that you fly an entire film crew to like, okay, be ready. All right. You're going to Boston. Get there in 24 hours at this well, Laurel's family's house. I guess, I guess that's the question is like, I, no one, no one who won was calling like a non-major city. Like Indianapolis is like the smallest city I think they got called. Um, 
Oh, and interesting. Not, I don't mean that by like it's the smallest in terms of population, but like it's sprawling. So it's major. Yeah. Feet to people kind of, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if they could like. I, I don't know if they could get like the local station, like just like call up the local station and be like, hey, we need you to. We need you to send a film crew and a producer out to this person. That's an interesting thought. Uh, yeah, I didn't so, think about that. Like with the right. local CBS affiliate. Yeah. Right. And it's just, and it's like, and it, you know, it's, it's offset by a few hours or something to get that organized or like, right. or it is chosen the night before. I think so it's that way they can set it up for the next day. But yeah. And if you noticed in this last episode when they like picked the last $20,000 winner spur of the moment, they like didn't call home. Yeah. And it was a spur of the moment thing. Yeah, because at, at no point, like, Zax was the only one that was like, you know, you're going to pick the winner now. It right. was, you know. Also, glad, glad Zach got a star. Zach deserved a star. Zach absolutely deserved a star. I, I agree with that. Okay, I just dis- derailed us majorly. Carry on. Yeah. No, I, I think I, uh, I don't know. This that's my best guess. My best guess is that they they basically just called their CBS affiliate and was like, "Hey, need you to get a film crew over here." How'd you do it, CBS? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, get us out of our misery come and on. answer our questions. Cowards. CBS, come on out, watch. <laughs> come on out, watch. You won't. Can we get Jonathan? We didn't even so try funny. to get Jonathan. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Jonathan took his bag from this show and disappeared in, into the night. I'm sure there's no way. No, he's a it's not person. true. I was gonna say Adam just looked him up on IMDb. Okay, now. let's talk about Jonathan. So he has been producing. Uh, he's a producer on 15 different shows, including the Hunt for the Trump Tapes, a TV series documentary <laughs> that's eight episodes deep right now. Very superstitious with George Lopez. I'm sure that's a great show. Uh, he was a co-executive producer on Catfish, the TV show, which was a great show. Let me tell you, love Catfish. Dude, remember, remember in 538 when we had like oh. a three day span where we just watched all of that? I <laughs> love that. <laughs> Mary, if you're listening, we miss you, buddy. <laughs> Watching nice. trash television is not the same without you. Um, uh, he was. <gasps> My he was teen here. is pregnant, and so am I. I was just about to read that what one. It? It's called "My Teen Is Pregnant, and So Am I." Wow, that sounds like a Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I mean, he's doing stuff even now. The hunt for the Trump tapes. Tapes. Yeah. Man, thank thank goodness for your work, Jonathan Karsh. Uh, it's worth its yeah. weight in gold. Literally. Um, I can't get there. So, can I ask a question? Yes. So, Please. I think I've already asked this, but I just need final clarity. The gold star is just a placeholder for a check, right? Um, so I think that Mallory still has her gold star. I, or at least there's a replica of it. She, she put, she pulled it out uh, during a video thing that they did a few months back. So I don't, 
I feel like in Michael's AMA, I remember, I think I remember him saying you have the choice yeah. of a couple of things. I feel like one of them was keeping the gold and one of them was putting the money into some kind of account. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, like an education. like a Yeah. 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 It was just something that, that would, be, would become available when they turn 18 or whatever. Um, I think that's what I read. So Mallory's yeah. just sitting on her gold. Hey, that was the best move for her, unless she took all $20,000 and invested in Bitcoin in 2008. So that's what Alex said. He said that, you know, gold is a, is going up right now. Prices are going up. So it's a good investment. He did say that when he got his store. I love Alex. <laughs> I um, love how he was basically like, yeah, I don't need money yeah, for college <laughs> because a, I'm wealthy, and B, I'm so smart. I will get a scholarship. So <laughs> that's what he said, essentially. Uh, he's amazing. Alex is my favorite kid on the show. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's talk about the pasta, Alex. Oh gosh. Well, what was wrong with the pasta, buddy? What was that? <laughs> Was it like it looked like like rice flour or something? Looked like mashed potatoes, potatoes to me. Uh, yeah, a mound of something. It certainly wasn't dough. It definitely wasn't yeah, so, what they ate later either. I hope not. <laughs> so, so for 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 our listeners, uh, part of the the very last showdown of sorts, uh, they needed to make pasta, and so they they ran to the kitchen, and there was a bunch of dough that looked to be the consistency of mashed potatoes um and then these like things that like, they would load the dough in and then they would like push something forward and it would squeeze the dough out the other end and make pasta shapes or the, the spaghetti with it and then they dumped it into boiling water <laughs> immediately <laughs> it's a weird dough so, yeah, they basically just made lumps. I'm sure this yeah. did not turn into pasta. Yeah, no. And then, yeah, they served pasta at the meal. And I was like, yeah, so this isn't what you made. Right. Here. Which lends some, like, credence to the theory that we've had that the kids aren't actually cooking. So, again, Jimmy's interview with JonTron. Oh, yeah. He oh, talks about there? how most of the time, granted, he was there like four days. Jimmy yeah. Twitter. <laughs> but quitter that Eight year old <laughs> that for the most part they like did eat what the kids made but like there would be some times when like there wasn't time to cook for a meal or whatever because they were doing a showdown or something and they would like give them some food it sounded like airport or like airplane food yeah like a mysterious chicken with a vegetable <laughs> mysterious chicken he said too that like they media's newest podcast, Mysterious Chicken. He said too that they would like make sure that they were hydrated and like give them Gatorade a lot and stuff. Yeah, and uh, Michael and his AMA talked about how some of the like crew would sneak them um, granola bars and things like that. Oh my gosh. Just like freaking uh Deanne. In Survivor the Amazon, sneaking mm-hmm. granola bars. Granola bars. Yeah. I think it was Gene, uh, actually. Okay. Let's jump to the other episodes in this. So, episode Wait, 11. Real fast. When we're, we're talking about the, like, the spaghetti thing. There was this moment in that sequence where I thought there was going to be something cool that happened. 
where they like kept saying you need piping hot sauce and they were like oh thank goodness we ha- we chose the microwave this would have been a lot harder without the microwave i thought there was going to be a series of challenges then that were like okay if you like <laughs> made the wise choice on oh. these previous things like this is going to be a lot easier for you now Mm. but there wasn't that that <laughs> would have been clever you're I right i got excited i was like oh this is cool like this ties everything back in and it was like honestly just probably a coincidence yeah yeah uh oh, well no i guess they did talk about um michael talked about how when they were building the uh and the picnic sure. tables that if they had chosen the library then they could have had a reference book but like Come they have on. a picnic table building reference book in the library. Yeah, I know. I, hey, you don't know what they would give those kids. <laughs> and the library of Bonanza, who knows? I'm sure the Bible lays it out somewhere. For the... <laughs> no, they already have their religious library. <laughs> True. True. Just follow uh, the ark and just decrease it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 40 cubits by 40 cubits. <laughs> Um, all right, let's jump over to episode 11. So the first one in these three that we watched, uh, I only like the recess part. Uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum. And by this, I mean, Taylor, uh, <laughs> did, um, I, I don't mean this to be mean, let, let me get to where I'm going. Um, the reason I say we talk about this ad nauseum, we've talked about Taylor a lot. And primarily we've talked about her in this way of uh, uh, of she's being villainized by the show. Uh, in Erg, is it this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this episode, Zach manages to encourage her to like wash the ditches, wash the dishes after they win the arcade. Um, which up to this point, this is basically my favorite Taylor and Zach moment. I, I'm just I'm curious how you guys felt during this whole thing. I mean, is it hard to watch? Do you feel I mean, do, at, at any point in this, did you feel like angry or annoyed at the child, the 10 year old, uh, which I mean, justifiably so. That's what the TV's trying to make us do. Um, is Emily opinions on how Taylor reacted in episode 11? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think that she really hated people. She made that clear. She said she really hated people telling her what to do. And she sounded like from what she was saying, that was like really disrespectful to her. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know if she like, if she was just upset that people her age were trying to make her do things and she just didn't want to do them um i have no idea psychoanalyze this child emily honestly that's what i feel like i'm doing i don't know what her no no her whole thing was but i it's i don't know i don't know if it's like something that that's just part of who she was as a kid and like again this is something that should be not well, and we're not explored on TV right. or if we're it's not, like and, and we're not like casting dispersions on Taylor. Like right, we're not right. we're not coming at this saying like Taylor's a bad kid. No, like, no, 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 like, we're, no. We're not saying that. Like we're I'm just saying like she kind of was like acting out a bit. And right. I don't know if it was because of the circumstance. Yeah. So so I guess I guess my my like follow up question 
that is like if you ha- if you had to assign a number to this, uh, how much of the way Taylor is acting a result of a producer coming in and saying, "Hey, just don't listen to him. Like, just don't bother," versus how Taylor kind of is like at, at, at home where she doesn't necessarily have to do these things or she doesn't, she may not have as many chores or she doesn't definitely doesn't, have, she doesn't to, have like 10 year olds telling her what to do. Right. She doesn't have 10 year olds <laughs> telling her what to do. She doesn't have to cook for 40 kids or wash the dishes for 40 kids. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. I think about that a lot throughout the show. I'm sure like there has to be someone it's interesting, actually not about Taylor, but DK mm. DK is one who he's just very, very, rational and very kind-hearted throughout the whole show but when he's elected to the council there's one episode where he's kind of going along with the whole council and he's kind of like yelling at the kids in a way that i have never seen him act Mm -hmm. in any of the other episodes and it's weird and i had to wonder at that point if the producers maybe had something to do with that like yeah you know this is the council just go along with them and like it was he was just very out of character so i definitely have some um suspicions that producers were involved in amping up some of the behaviors that we saw definitely with Taylor too. Yeah. I'd love to like hear from a, a participant, the answer to that question, like what their involvement was again, like referencing this interview that John Tron did with Jimmy. He like talks about how uh, (laughs) in particular that like shot where Jimmy's like on, you know, sitting against like a barn and like crying, you know, and the, like Mm. the producers like came up and were like, Hey, is it like cool if we film? (laughs) 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 This is great stuff. (laughs) You hear crying. But yeah, I'd be interested in knowing like how much they kind of, you know, egg things on. Or if they just like, I don't know. I think with Taylor, it would probably be easy to just cut together shots of her being mean. Whereas I know that we've seen instances in which she's been really kind when she has worked hard and when she's cried a lot, she's been very vulnerable. But I think we see a lot more of her acting out. Yeah, I I was going to say, I mean, they're recording these kids for. I mean, probably 14 hours a day it's easy to cut together a narrative if you're looking for it. Well, and something that I only thought of after watching the John Tron video with Jimmy is like, Jimmy went onto the show because he thought it was like an acting opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he thought that he was like, going to be able to play this character. And he had this idea of like, he built up his, character that he was going to be um before he got out there and so I kind of wonder if like is it Greg like the mean older teenager boy Mm -hmm. like I wonder if like with some of the older kids or like people who they the producers knew wanted to be in the acting scene if they like hey what like what's your character and like try to keep them kind of in that a little bit more. Um, I don't know. That was like a thought that I had today of maybe like in those times they would like talk to Taylor and be like, okay, like don't forget your character is the drama beauty, like queen. Right. Go, (laughs) you know, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. I'm I mean, sure, I don't know if I'm they're sure. that advanced in, like, such horrific, you know, settings and surroundings and all of that, but I, I could feel like that would be an easy way to manipulate them into giving them the content that they wanted. Well, and even, like, even having the kids come in there with this mindset of, like, oh, this is, like, an acting opportunity, this is it, you know, whatever, and then they get there, and it's not, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's this, this kind of shock to it, I guess, that I could see a lot of kids having to deal with, it's like, this isn't what I signed up for, like, I'm supposed to be, like, acting in this, and I'm, like, really having to do all this work, and I'm really having to do this, and, like, this isn't what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it could be any number of things. We'll find someone to talk to. They're all talking now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the showdown for this episode was the pop quiz. Uh, we talked about the history thing at the beginning, or I, I at least talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, they studied for the pop quiz, and uh, the showdown involved uh, three people from each district with uh, slingshots and like bolts of some kind. Um, some kind of ammo. And then Jonathan would ask a question. Three balloons would pop up with uh, three different answers to that question. And the uh, kids had to pop the two wrong answers. So, uh, and they were, they were all history based off the, off the history of the town of Bonanza. Um, I will say my favorite moment was when one of the answers on one of the balloons was Ewok. <laughs> to the question of who were the native people who lived on this land before the white settlers came in. <laughs> well, not that question was phrased, but um, <laughs> what did it play? Uh, how do we, uh, and they get to choose between, oh, sorry, if they have enough ammo left over uh, between all the districts and they get to, they get their reward. Uh, and they get to choose between a library or an arcade. And they choose an arcade because they're like, it's the last eight days. Let's just pick a fun one. Uh, Scott, how do we feel about this showdown? I mean, we love analyzing the games. What do we think? Yep. Um, I was thrown off because my first inclination was to say, like, pop the right answer. Um, <laughs> that was me. And then I was like, well, then I quickly caught on. Um, I mean, it was fine. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it was a trivia game and I haven't seen a bull. I haven't seen a pop balloons challenge yet. So it was cool. So I would um, on thinking that they should aim for the right answer. Yeah. But I quickly caught on, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like who among us would have picked, actually picked the library. Would anybody have actually picked the library? No. No. Yeah, that's this seems like one of the easiest like make the bad choice choices so far. Yep. I know I'm picking arcade. Yeah. Yeah. So I had no fa- I, I had no faults. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this challenge is one of those that like maybe was a fine challenge like to play but just doesn't translate well on TV. Right. Because it's people doing this like precisely the same thing over and over again. 
shooting nuts at a yeah well and that was there was a there was a moment even where like we only heard the first like two questions three questions of the um they kind of cycled through them once we got to the end yeah and then and then they just like you stopped hearing the question altogether and you just saw like answers being popped and they'd be like yellow got it right green got it right like that you know so so it even like they just kind of sped through it yeah, you're kind of waiting on Jonathan to be like, pull! <laughs> I kind of wondered if they like I don't know, this out of all of the challenges I was most skeptical about because they struggled so hard with like some other things that I feel like would require this type of um aim and accuracy and it felt like they got a hang of this like much faster and I just like couldn't believe that they were hitting that many balloons that like quickly and so I just was like so curious as to how far away they were if there are any point like okay pause let's talk through this this is how you do it yeah well so this is the thing I mean, this is such a skill-based challenge, but like in Survivor, when I, at least in like the a couple, and at least one of the seasons that we've seen um, in Brazil, when they have the like the archery target thing, they're given like the bow and arrow. Is there a slingshot? I think it's a bow and arrow um, to practice with. Like before the competition actually starts, there's this moment of like, yeah, hey, like this is going to be kind of skills based, like practice it. And in this case on Kid Nation, we they're given like the history book, they're given like the answers to the questions because mm-hmm. it, it, it almost seems like they're saying like, oh, the slingshot part isn't going to be the hard part. It's going to be answering these questions, which. Yeah, yeah, I mean, answering the questions is hard, but also I, I don't know how they picked up those slingshots so fast. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, the answers are pretty kids are good at slingshots. (laughs) Well, it's a total of like if if you were in if you're one of the yellow or red tribe teams districts, um, you were in for like 11 questions total. Which isn't a lot. I guess not a lot of questions. So. I feel like there had to have been a point where they I yeah, my conspiracy theory jumping off of Jen's comment is that they paused the game. <laughs> yeah. Taught them how to use slingshots. I liked it. I thought it was, I mean, it doesn't translate to great TV, but from a competition standpoint, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and I mean, Sky, I mean, everyone, everyone agrees they would pick the arcade. Which, yep. I mean, causes so many problems in episode but, 12 so on See, the surface it was on the surface it was a good choice <laughs> yeah yeah so uh at the end of episode 11 all the kids are uh trying they're, they're trying to get to the arcade as fast as possible um they're not doing anything uh that they need to do i think sophia wakes up and no one is cooking breakfast and uh blaine is uh in the yellow team is the cooks, which is why I bring up Blaine, the uh, council leader for them. Uh, he's in there playing in the arcade, playing pool. 
And when Sophia tells him that he needs to get into the kitchen, he says, hang on, I have money on this game. <laughs> cool, cool thing, dog. Um, Two buffalo should... nickels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Yeah. Who, who is your Kid Nation bookie? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be Alex, right? Yeah, like, I think so. Maybe Jared. Alex or Jared. I was gonna Jared, say Jared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, all, all the problems that are caused by it, the town decides they're going to padlock the arcade, and then when all the jobs are done, Sophia will open it, making Sophia the town sheriff. Uh, episode 12, because Sophia has been nominated the town sheriff, uh, she's put in charge when the town council goes and meets with the Native American tribes. Um, things go really smoothly. Uh, how did we feel about the Native American encounter? I think we all know how we feel about it, and there's no need to talk about it anymore. Okay, it was bad, it was reductive. Yeah, I questioned the timing of it. <laughs> I questioned the timing. I think they slept there, they did. No, they slept overnight. Yeah. yeah. And like then they like teacher. get back to camp and like Greg's like, yeah, some of these Indians told us the blah, blah, blah. Like, bro. Yeah. Well, like, they're teaching them all these like leadership lessons and stuff. And it's like, they got like two days left in camp. Right. Well, that so was this... like my big concern. I was like my big complaint oh, with it. Oh, there was this moment. I forget what it was. Uh, I, I think one of the like, you know, one of the Native American individuals said something along the lines of like, you know, doing the good thing isn't usually easy. It's usually harder, but it's it's better that you example. You, yeah, you like do the hard thing to do the right thing. And then Greg's like, yeah, like what goes around comes around. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not, <laughs> not what he point. said. <laughs> not what he said at all. <laughs> but good try. <laughs> the guy was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> totally kid. Yeah. Um, so this is I, I think the reason that this encounter happened so late in the game is because uh, CBS wanted to frame the show as look we should be investing in our youth and having this moment of like yeah this is how you like help set up kids for success like that. that's why it happens here it happens at the absolute end of the series because they're trying to change the narrative of what the show's about. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. It doesn't work. I mean, it sucks. No. Like, the whole encounter was awful. It just, yeah. Do you think bad. in 2002 or whenever this was? <laughs> 2007. <laughs> oh, I wish it was 2002. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a legit moment where I was like, was this before 9-11? I was like, no, this was well after 9 -11. Oh, shoot. Never mind. I take my question away. <laughs> um, I think my favorite thing we learn in this episode, though, is that Alex wants to be a chemist, a geography teacher, or a uh, linguist. linguist. Yeah. Linguistics are so fun. They're so fun. And I said, when I was his age, I did not even know what that was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, and I mean, do we have any comments about the... Sophia in charge. Do we, were there any moments that stood out to us or we, we feel okay moving on from that? 
Yeah, Sophia, we said this already. Sophia basically, like, is what the leaders ought to be. Yeah. And that she, like, holds people accountable, doesn't let them get away with stuff, but then, like, incentivizes it and, like, does so respectively or respectfully. Yeah. And not, yeah, not just saying, like, if you don't do this, then you're not going to get paid or whatever. Right. And then she does some funny kid stuff where she puts herself in a square and says nobody can walk through it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. And I think it's just like, hands. they're like, she's just power hungry. And I'm like, I think she's just bored. Yeah. Like I forgot about that. That was very funny. Well, that had to be, that's, that's something that had to have been set up by a producer for her to do. I feel like it, the showdown like is about the, the Homestead Act. Well, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, and she like one time was this Sophia that like like danced for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sophia's dance for money. She laid in the middle of town at one point until all the other kids did, and then walked away. I just she, think she's she about put the money in the bottom of a pot that was filled with like oatmeal and rotten food. Yeah, yeah. and told them to have at it. I guess if any kid is going to think of like claiming land in the center of town, it is Sophia. <laughs> It was so funny, though, because she was just like, I'm just going to see what happens. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. But the second she did that, all of the kids flipped. Yeah. They're like, well, what if I need to walk through it? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're just riling up 40 feet of land on either side. Yeah. Uh, Sophia. Um, By the way, I cannot. I looked her up at the end of one of these episodes. She is like yeah. all over the place. She went, I don't remember her undergrad, but she was like a Shakespearean player or something crazy. She was like Dang. in a jazz band. She played a bassoon. She was in a French improv troupe, I think. Yeah. She studied abroad. She went to the Sorbonne in Paris. Like, and she's, she's going to law school. She's potentially in law school right now. Like yeah. she definitely. She's, she's a Huffington Post contributor. Yeah, she's she? contributed to the Huffington Post. She definitely took those gold stars and shot for the moon. Yeah, Sophia might be the smartest person on this show. Like we give Alex a lot of credit, but holy cow, Sophia is incredible. She's like, very Sophia is incredibly accomplished. All of that plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy I know, stuff. but yeah. Uh, da, 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 the showdown, the Homestead Axe showdown uh like i said at the beginning kids had to carry a house the four walls came down and the roof came off carried it across a field a ravine a gourd i don't know whatever the heck jonathan said uh then they had to rebuild the house and then bring their chicken and alpaca over and uh and then their flag and that's how they decided the uh the showdown that week um Mallory is one of my favorite quotes, I think, in the series at this point. And she says, personally, I think nine-year-olds rock. <laughs> I was rule. She said everything rules. Uh, I wrote rock. It might be rule. It's rule. Rule feels I th- better. I think me. it's rock, though, because I wrote it down. So. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> it could be rule. I don't know. Either way, the sentiment is there. Um, how do we feel about the challenge uh, and the choice between the monument and the hot air balloon ride? <laughs> Also, Jonathan has stopped doing his quippy uh, little like this or this like yeah. thing. He, yeah, he, he stopped knows. doing it, and he it, knows it, it, it's really upset me because it was my favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, Alex, Jen, you guys want to talk about the challenge? How do we feel about it? Was it a good challenge? Bad challenge? 
this challenge reinforced my theory that there actually is no time involved in the challenges <laughs> and that they um just put time at the end and because if you notice he like is like 10 seconds or two minutes it's clearly been longer than two minutes and then they yeah. put the house together they all look at jonathan and he says and you got it like <laughs> yeah yeah you know, like it's just this like two uh, staged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because at the end they had like two minutes to like get an alpaca, some other stuff, and a flag across the finish line. Yeah. And I foresee that taking a bunch of nine and ten year olds longer than I mean those poor two kids minutes. were little. The yellow team, right? Or yeah. the that, that was, doesn't even it's a grumpy old alpaca at that. <laughs> that was that was my thing about this challenge. Like conceptually it made sense. The problem with it is like the age discrepancy between the districts. Cause I mean I mean like the yellow district could barely get the roof above the walls. Mm-hmm. It was so it was just tall enough that it was nearly impossible for them to actually be able to do it. Yeah. It was it was something. <laughs> I it's just like yeah, I didn't hate the idea of this challenge. I think it just it doesn't work for you know eight to fifteen year olds. It's yeah, what it comes down to. Um, Alex um, did have a moment that I think would have been pure gold. He said he thought that the um leaders were going to come over the mountain at the last second. Mm, yeah, I did. Mm. And like mm. help them. Like and now your leaders are here. To put that roof on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen though. Remember like, how smoothly things went without them? Well, you need them. Right. Is that like another attempt at the show trying to redeem itself? Yeah, um, maybe. These kids can. They can do it without their older leaders. I'm sure that's part of it. They just oh. built a house. Yeah. I think it's also I I'm I, I think it's also a commentary on on the like housing shortage in this country that <laughs> everyone needs a house and mm-hmm. should have the right to put their alpacas on land if they want. Yeah, I think that show definitely went there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this episode was like the theme of this episode was definitely about like investing in youth. So I, I'm sure that like whatever this was, but I, I think to Jen's point uh, about everything being rigged, uh, the um, that's not what I said. The timing, I know. <laughs> um, I I think that like if they were gonna rig the timing on any challenge, this is probably the one because yeah. they need to give the kids a chance to see the monument. Yeah, they made that monument. I mean, it was probably styrofoam, so I'm not too worried about it. But. It probably. <laughs> so they went all the way for like it potentially not being picked if, okay no but here's the thing though if that monument had been picked we were driving to that monument like I, <laughs> i'm calling my business partner saying hey i'm not going to be in for a few days i have to go find the Kid nation monument because i don't know why i haven't seen it yet <laughs> we're all taking two weeks off and we're we're going <laughs> oh. 
We were in New Mexico and we didn't even think to stop at Bonanza City. We didn't even think. <laughs> I didn't even know Bonanza City existed, though. That's on me. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is on you. <laughs> I don't know that we were actually that far from where Bonanza City is. I, That's wild. I <laughs> do. I did think that. Like, I would look at that and be like, well, they already made it, so they're probably going to keep it here anyways. Yeah. Probably just sitting out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, it's it's 13 miles southwest of Santa Fe. So I mean, we drove right past it. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we need yeah, to go it, back. It would not have taken much for us to get out there. Probably a two hour bus ride for sure, though. <laughs> <laughs> that low key frustrates me, though, that we could have been there and saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high key frustrated. <laughs> we could have from six to midnight's album cover could have been <laughs> Bonanza City. <laughs> Bonanza City. We could have skipped the petrified forest altogether and <laughs> Petrified Forest was whack. It was. <laughs> Welcome to our National Parks Review Pod. <laughs> uh, okay. Um balloon rides, I thought they were cool. Emily didn't like them. That's the last she thought they were cool. I was worried that there were no adults in the balloons. Yes. She looked at me. He's like, are there adults in this balloons? I was wondering that too. I was like looking for the adults. No, and Greg knows how to do... (laughs) He knows how to fly a balloon too. (laughs) I mean, Uh, if there's a camera, there's an adult. Yeah. Um... I think I mean I think we can move on from that. Uh, the the arcade gets shut down for good at the end of this episode because it's awful um, and just ruining their system. And then uh, we're up to episode thirteen, which we've talked about extensively. So I don't think we need to go into it anymore. There's one more thing I will say, and that is Taylor had a quote where she said, "I believe uh, the ugly chicken should die." Yes. She we didn't talk about that. that, and we just need to acknowledge that that was put into the world, and, yeah. and that we're not sure that Taylor actually said it, or if and a producer put it that in the... That felt like it was from the heart. It did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she has actually commented on this line. She has? She said that it was something that um, was sort of cut together. Okay. No, no. it wasn't. It was a no, continuous no, no. shot. Out, she Hear said it twice. Count it twice. Chickens needed makeup. Taylor's account of a horrible thing she said as an adult, or that she said as a kid. Like that's just said. Okay, so she said it was kind of pieced together, but not in the way that like they took different parts and put it together. And that they were having a conversation, and a producer asked her if she was okay killing the ugly chickens or something like that. And she responded with, I think it's okay for the ugly chickens to die. Or some, something along those lines that was then cut into, I think the ugly chicken should die. That it means, doesn't change the sentiment, <laughs> which makes the defense hilarious to me. Because it doesn't change what you said or meant. Yeah, I think she tried to turn that around for good. Right. <laughs> but she, as I said five minutes ago, she said that the ugly chickens needed chicken makeup. Yeah. That wasn't cut together, Taylor. No. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. I is there anything else that's standing out to anybody that we haven't covered? We feel good. I don't know if we felt good this whole time. I, I mean, we, we, not that we <laughs> Oh, episode eleven. Jonathan didn't even ask if anybody wanted to leave. I thought that was of yeah. note. Um, I didn't put it in the show. But if that's it, I have one more question here on our sign off. Uh, and the question is, if you were on the town council giving a $50,000 gold star to someone who did not receive a $50,000 gold star, so not Sophia Morgan or Migle, who do you think is deserving of the $50,000 gold star? Mm. Yeah. Emily is pointing at herself saying that she wants to get... No! <laughs> I said, don't start with me. I need to think. <laughs> Who wants to chime in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't want to call on you and put you on the spot. If anybody has an answer, please put it out into the world. <laughs> I, one of the, my muses, I'll go as far to say, <laughs> throughout this whole season has been Jared. Jared deserves one of those $50,000 gold stars. <laughs> Jared um, said had one of the best jokes of all time in this run when they took the bone out of the ditch, a pelvis bone, and he says pelvis has left the building. <laughs> that is next level stuff. It like took me a second to realize like, oh, wait, pelvis rhymes with Elvis. And that's the joke. Also, it, Jared, why don't we have teleportation yet? Yeah. You promised us teleportation technology. We do, we do have teleportation. We just don't. We just don't have it on a scale that can. Yeah. On a oh, subatomic level. I have an answer to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they did not give Jared a $20,000. Thank oh, yeah. you. They did not invest Thank in him you. doing that. So my gold star goes to Jared, hands down. I hope this makes up for whatever terrible thing happened to you three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember this? This was in the, in the JawTron episode two, where he's like, this is the worst day I've had in three years. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to you three years ago? <laughs> anyway, Jared gets my gold star. Um. You all know how much I love and adore One Tooth Alex. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I would give it to him just because I really believe in him. I know he doesn't need the money, but I feel like he has such a good heart mm. that he would do something. Yeah, just just. Incredible with that fifty thousand, <laughs> and if not just for his like, you know, braces that he probably needs. <laughs> Poor kid. I just worry about his other teeth. <laughs> okay, that's it. Love you, Alex. <laughs> I do have an answer. It's Anjay. Oh, yeah, I yeah. wanted Anjay to get one yeah, too. Yeah, I did too. He, yeah, he worked really hard. He took his job very seriously as a council leader, and he got so much flack from his team. They were honestly bullying him. Yeah, they were just hateful. In fairness, he did suggest blowing up the garbage one time. <laughs> Listen, you got to get rid of it. It's very stinky. 
<laughs> so I think he really stuck with it and he deserved a gold star. It's very stinky. <laughs> I'm going to clip that. <laughs> uh, Scott. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think I would give my gold star to I'm kind of torn between two. But I think I would. My first thought was to give it to Laurel because mm-hmm. um, I feel like she was very positive the whole time and was a pretty good leader. I feel like just kind of exemplified kind of what was good about the town. So that was my pick. Yeah. So uh, who was who was the other person you were torn between? Just um, Hunter, mm. the kid whose um, dad had lost their job. Um, yeah. I feel like he was like a really good kid. He <laughs> so, was. So if I was going to give 50K to somebody, or at least a gold star worth that, it would probably be one of those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Laurel, if she wasn't mentioned. I think, I think she, that was a really good pick. I, I like all the picks. I'm not, yeah. Um, I, I think I actually would want to give my $50,000 gold star to Guylin. Um, mm. And DK's up there for me. Uh, I mean, so it was, I, I think Blaine really came around too, and Michael and was awesome. Greg was there, um, but uh, but Guylin, I think really, I mean, he stepped out of his comfort zone. He found out what it meant to be a leader and did the absolute best that he could. And I mean, continued working and engaging people. I I think Guylin was just he was a great representation of an eleven year old and. Yeah, Kid Nation. Yeah. Well, well, that is going to do it for us. We probably will never have to talk about Kid Nation again. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll see if we can find someone to talk to us about it who was actually on the show. But well, we'll see. Um, so uh, this is going to be it for the Kid Nation uh, mini cast come follow our feed and we'll get back to survivor here in a little while i don't know how long alex is in front of survivor so i'm gonna kick it back over to alex and he can end the episode <laughs> deal with it <laughs> <laughs> thank you adam uh for running this special mini series it's been a joy uh maybe one or two special uh kid island episodes not kid island kid nation <laughs> that was that's the next one <laughs> yeah um jeff in a weird twist at the season 40 finale did say that they were lowering the like application age to 16 so maybe that'll be the next actual survivor twist is survivor kid island yikes, yikes indeed and the overwhelming response is bad idea dude anyway <laughs> um thanks for listening make sure you subscribe to this feed on wherever you get your podcasts um and also we have a youtube channel we've mentioned this a few times go to megabed media if you didn't know outwatch is proudly a part of the megabed media podcast network and subscribe to the megabed media youtube channel um for uploads there if that's how you prefer to take in your content and also special thing coming up to the Megabed Media YouTube channel will be a video recording of a special survivor like game that I ran recently called uh, Quarantine Island. So 
make sure you sub to that page to check that out. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, stay tuned for what's coming next. When we hop back into Survivor, we will be taking on Survivor Millennials versus Gen X, one of the best seasons of the 30s, uh, one that's near and dear to my heart. And I'm excited for us to jump back into the world of Survivor. Thank you for watching. Next time on Outwatch, we'll be something. Stay tuned. <laughs>